Hey, welcome to 49ers After Dark. Boom! There it is. I'm Grant Cohn. That's Jesse Naylor. It is really bright out here in Oakland, California in Tampa, Florida. I'm sure it's pitch black. How's it going? It's very, very dark. Yes, no doubt about it. Yeah, so this is more for the East Coast crowd. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I feel like when it's daylight savings time, maybe we should call it Beta Bay. Somebody somebody else gave me that idea like a year ago. Like, oh, you guys should call it Beta Bay. I'm like, yeah, that'd no, be a great 49ers idea. 49ers After Dark is a brand at this point. I mean, that's like what I'm saying. It's too, it's too late. Like, it's, it's way too late. too late for it. But Beta and Bay would be great. the fact that it's not After Dark even makes it better. Kind of like how the Big Ten <laughs> is 15 teams. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's a very good point, Grant. Very, very good point. Okay. Uh, so the title of the show is what the Niners revealed in minicamp. We're going to talk all about that. First, though, we're going to talk about Debo Samuel. Jesse, do you think he's lost leverage over the course of this offseason? Yeah, I would say so, Grant. You know what's interesting is I, I remember going into the offseason, and I was big on saying that they should be the first ones, if they can get it done, to sign Debo Samuel. Get out ahead of the Cups, the A.J. Browns, the Metcalfs, and all those guys. But to be real with you, as the offseason has gone and some of the contracts, the way that they worked out, really not that worried like i feel like he had a number in mind and probably still does but i've got to imagine that that number's probably dropped a little bit right you look at aj brown's contract it was something like i think it was 57 million guaranteed which is probably less than what debo samuel expects and then you look at the contract from cooper cup five years 110 million so the overall money isn't as high as what you would expect now, he did, did get some very good guaranteed money as a part of this extension, $75 million more than any of the other guys. That being said, a lot of that kicks in in 2024 when the number is going to be astronomical for the cap anyways. And this was the triple crown winner last year as a wide receiver. So how much leverage does Debo have compared to a guy like Cooper Cup? So I just feel like the fact that he is now in a position where he has to show up, Grant, and he did show up, Definitely. and then these other Definitely. guys have gotten paid, and we know exactly where he should be. I think the leverage and the game playing is kind of done at this point. We know exactly what it is. When he showed up to minicamp, I think that showed that he wasn't feeling very strong in his position. And then when Trent Williams said, look, it's not my, it's not my place to reach out to Debo, but if he wants to talk to me, he can, and he has, and I've talked to him. And he didn't say what he talked about, but he did say, you know, it's important for him to be here at minicamp because it shows his maturity. And if you think about it, no one's ever questioned that with Trent Williams. Like Trent Williams never, you know, threw subliminal shots at anyone on social media. Trent Williams never got into it with media members. In fact, last year we voted him the best person on the team with the media. Mm -hmm. He won that award. So he's very savvy. And I think what he would probably tell Debo is, look, man, I mean, I know you're trying to go hard here and advocate for yourself, but look at the perception you're creating of yourself. People are now questioning your maturity. I know you. I know you're mature, but now you got to show up to minicamp and show it. And so I think some of the, the, the tactics that Debo used this offseason may have backfired, um, rightfully or not. But now he has to come out and show like, hey, hey, I'm a, I'm a mature adult. You don't have to worry about giving me money. 
you know, I just have a business dispute with the 49ers. And it's like, well, yeah, that's probably what you should have done the whole time and just left this in the hand of your agents like Cooper Cup did and AJ Brown did. Yeah, and and even and this is what's crazy because I think on the field, if you were to ask about Debo Samuel and DK Metcalf, you would think DK Metcalf would be the one that would be playing this very immaturely, and he really hasn't, right? Debo Samuel has by surprise a little bit, and so it's kind of interesting to see the <laughs> West Pacific Lunch Hour show. That's good. Even Watt is in Australia. Shout out, Stephen. Love nice. Me, that's that's perfect. Good. Good. I like it. Uh, maybe that's the secondary name. I enjoy it. But yeah, I. <laughs> How did you know? Sorry. I'm so sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Facts. Oh my gosh, dude. I oh. Uh, geez, there's a visual I can't get rid of. Thanks, man. I appreciate that one. <laughs> God, that just changes the dynamic of the whole so show. Sorry. I got to be real with you. I'm sorry. Got it. Oh my God. But it's yeah, when hot. you talk, it's like 86 degrees, and no one in Northern California has air, air conditioning. We just don't plan for these two months, two weeks of the year. Anyway, you were saying something. I, well, I'm also saying, how do you know I'm not butt ass naked? It's very humid here in Tampa. I'm just going to throw that out there. Very humid. Uh, all right. So back to Debo Samuel. Yes, Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf. If I were to ask you to place everything you own on one guy, that was going to act out, so to speak, during the offseason, I bet you you would have said DK Metcalf. You wouldn't have said Debo Samuel. And so the fact that DK Metcalf, of all people, has actually handled it pretty well is kind of surprising. So, Yeah, and like, look, I don't know Debo Samuel at all. I mean, he was – I've been out of the locker room for the last two years. I don't really know Debo. So is he mature? Is he not? I don't know. It's not not about that. I think what Trent Williams would say is perception is reality, right? Mm-hmm. And you're creating your perception, or you're letting people create your perce- your perception based off cryptic tweets, you know, cryptic. Don't let that happen. Take control of your perception. Take control of your narrative. And I think he's doing that. And if he does, he'll get paid just like AJ Brown and Nick Bosa is about to. So I do think he's lost a little leverage. I do think some of the things he did backfired, but I do think, I mean, if there's there's a lot of time left. He can he can get this. He can. I mean, he's he's. He didn't lose money here. I don't think he lost money. I think he should get what he was always deserving. So yeah, yeah, I'm, absolutely. Bad ending here. Yeah, and and probably what the 49ers were kind of expecting, right? Because I I think what we heard was he was offered around 21, 22 million annually and felt disrespected by that. Well, Cooper Cup literally just got that number essentially it's it's about the guaranteed money and so where's where's that going to come in at is the question. don't you think that when he uh, he had, he requested a trade that's kind of extreme don't you think when yeah. he did that he thought teams would be lining up they weren't they just weren't yeah yeah i think he i think he just misjudged the market he thought teams would be lining up and why weren't teams lining up well they're like, well, what's your issue with the Niners? What why do why why are we a team? Like, why are we more equipped to make you happy than they are? Because it seems like they give you the ball all the time. I mean, they haven't paid you yet, but they're gonna pay you. Why are we a better environment? Maybe there's some questions about your maturity. You're, you know, like why are you so not desperate, but why are you so um intent on getting paid right away? So I think a lot of teams kind of got hesitant. And you and you saw like the the offer from the Jets was disrespectful, right? Mm-hmm. 
it was it, we got, they, the Niners got low ball offers. So I think Debo had to look in the mirror and be like, hey, man, rightly or wrongly, some people are looking at me as like a problem or whatever, and I need to change this because I'm the best player in the league. And that's all that matters. That's what needs to matter. So if I need to act a certain way, I'll do it. And I think that's what he's doing right now as, you know, smart because a lot of money's on the line and you should be getting the, the Nick Bosa money because all Nick Bosa is doing is just being quiet and he's going to get the money. So he's so professional. I mean, I guess, I mean, he's not, <laughs> when, he, when he was younger, his social media wasn't so professional, but now he just is really quiet, right? That's what he does. Yeah. So I, I also, to be fair, and I said this very early on Grant that I thought Bosa would really bet on himself and wouldn't care to get paid until next offseason. Remember, he's he's got an extra year on his contract that Debo Samuel does not. Right. And so with that being said, also he comes from money and he comes from a family that knows how to play this game right. It, it was interesting to hear that they hadn't even started contract negotiations, which is exactly what I expected to be real. That's what Joey did with the Chargers too. He waited until after year four. So yeah, yep. that's to be expected. Yep. Ivan Tina says, "How many quarterbacks can a team carry on the fifty-three man roster? If it's three, and I'm not mis- uh, if it's three, and I'm not mistaken, Purdy, Sudfeld, and Lance have guaranteed money. Uh, does Purdy have guaranteed money? I mean, maybe like guaranteed four hundred thousand. Yeah, it's Including not a Jimmy, lot. Who's the odd man out? It should be Sudfeld, but he has guaranteed money. And I don't think anything Purdy's going to do is no one's going to snatch up Purdy. He's going to be on the practice squad, even though I think he's better than Sudfeld." What does Sudfeld do well? What is the what, sorry? What does he do well? I don't know. I I <laughs> are there Sudfeld stands out there? I'd love to get the <laughs> sell me. Give me give yeah. me the, give me the elevator pitch on Nate Sudfeld. I don't get that one. Yeah. Well, oh. here I'll I'll say this. I think the reason that he's around is a lot of you're looking at on field things, right? And Sudfield's clearly that's not his his strength, but it does sound like he is very intelligent and can kind of be an extra coach type of deal. And so I'll give you an example, and I forget the player's name, but Josh Allen in multiple interviews really credits the practice squad quarterback for a lot of his success and helping him figure things out and get better really week to week mentally. And so maybe that's where Sudfeld really excels. And and to be fair, I think we've heard some of that from Trey Lance that he, he has – you know, spent a lot of time with Sudfeld and enjoys that time with him. So great. Let him stay in the practice in the practice squad. He's the cat. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I feel it. I love it. All right. Yeah. Let's let's get let's get to the Trey Lance. Enough of Nate Sudfeld. Sorry, Nate. Uh it was funny in the offseason, there was no news. And so you were getting people being like, I heard Trey Lance is trash. I am an expert ex-NFL scout, and I've looked at the tape, and he is trash. Like, all these people coming out the woodwork, all of a sudden. Four practices, and the narrative is totally switched, and people are starting to talk about, you know, how good could this guy really be? So, I mean, real quick, I, since I saw him last year, I think I said this on YouTube last year, he has the highest ceiling of any qu- quarterback I've ever seen, mm-hmm. ever. I mean, every quarterback has a drawback. Every quarterback has a weakness. His weakness seems to be how he spins the ball. That's a good weakness to have. I mean, he's off the charts in every other area. I mean, accuracy doesn't seem to be an issue. He completed 75% of his throws in front of us. Uh, arm strength isn't an issue. Size, mobility, strength, passion. I mean, everything. He's off the How he spins the ball. Okay, we can work with that. We can work. He's yeah. 22 years old. We can work with that. Yeah. So I, I, his ceiling to me, whoever you compare him to, he does something better than. Oh, he's like Josh Allen? 
He's faster than Josh Allen. Oh, he's like Kyler Murray. He's way bigger than Kyler Murray. You know, I mean, he's way better leader than Kyler Murray. So, yeah, I mean, I think his ceiling, again, is just off the charts. Well, okay, so let me ask you this, because you, you're now seeing Trey Lance in year two. Now, a little bit different, because he didn't start his whole rookie year like this other quarterback did. But you did get to see, and, and maybe this is more of a fair question once training camp starts, and you've seen it with some live bullets, maybe. But you did see Herbert up close and personal going into his second year. And if I remember, you left that practice going, oh my God, like I've never seen anything like this up close and personal. Do you still feel that way? Or do you think that Lance, not that Lance is there yet, but that he's kind of closing that gap and you could see that maybe eventually he could get to that wow point. Or do you see maybe a step behind that? They're different. They're different. Um, Herbert has some of the most arm talent I've ever seen. I mean, the accuracy, the arm strength, the way he spins the ball, it's all 10 out of 10. It's just phenomenal. It's like gorgeous is how I would describe how he throws a football. It's gorgeous. Like, you know, time stops. There's there's like classical music playing. Doves just fly. I mean, it's just pretty. I'm n- I've never really felt that way about Lance. Like, he'll make some yeah. beautiful throws, but it's a little funky. It's a little funky. So it's different, but... For him to be able to do what he does as a passer, given his physical gifts as a mobile quarterback, I mean, to me, it's I, I'll take the Trey Lance. I'll take the Trey Lance skill set. Like, yes, Justin Herbert is off the charts, but his mobility is B. Yeah, B. I, I'll take a mobility with you know a minus throwing talent over. A plus, you know, A throwing talent, B B mobility, I guess. Although, yeah, Herbert's a borderline top five quarterback right now. Really <laughs> yeah. Watching him throw just the spiral, it's it's like a jugs machine. It's perfect. It's so natural. That's not Lance, but that's okay. Everyone's different, and he does so many things better than Herbert. Yeah, and that, and that's just it, right? Like, I, I think obviously a lot's being made about the wobble. Everybody's talking about the wobble, the wobble, the wobble. A lot of no quarterbacks really have a Peyton wobble. Manning, right? No one cared with Peyton Manning. And it's right. not just Peyton Manning, but Donovan yeah. McNabb was pretty good. He, I mean, one of the ugliest balls you've ever seen. I mean, that thing was all over the place when it was in the that air constantly, you know? So, and, and that was, by the way, McNabb. Peyton Manning, a lot of people say, well, Peyton Manning had a wobble, but he, you know, he, he didn't throw it as hard. Well, Donovan McNabb may not have had the arm strength that Trey Lance has, but it certainly was much more than Peyton. And he could, he could spin the ball as far as, putting some velocity on that baby yeah. with a wobble and it was catchable. So, you know, yeah. it doesn't have to be the prettiest thing in the world. And as like, long as it's McNabb, did, did McNabb put an MVP. I don't remember if he won an MVP, but I think he was first team all pro his second year. It might've been an MVP his second year. Actually, you, you might he, be right about that. an MVP with, with uh, McNair. Hold on. He was a six time pro bowler. I don't know. I feel like he was pretty good in his prime. Anyway, yeah, like he also was kind of overweight. I feel like yeah. uh, Lance is, is always going to be in better shape than he was. To yeah, and I, I think that that was a knock, right? I mean, I remember he was thrown up in the Super Bowl and T.O. was like ragging on him, right? <laughs> like this yeah. this is he, – he had some different flaws. But, you know, Donovan McNabb had a, had a pretty good career. Not everybody throws the ball like Warren Moon. I mean, even Joe Montana had some wobble. Not, not literally – so many quarterbacks throughout the league did young. not have he the young. prettiest. Yeah. 
I remember I, I, I told this story earlier, but when I was seven, six, I interviewed Steve Young. My dad brought me down to the facility to meet him. And the one question I asked was about throwing a spiral because I guess I thought I was going to be a quarterback one day, but I couldn't throw a spiral yet. And he was like, yeah, it's hard. You know, Joe Montana, Joe has way bigger hands than me. It's easy for him. And it's harder for me. And sometimes I'll throw an interception, but the spiral will be perfect. And I'll come off the field feeling pretty, pretty good. But hey, that was nice. That was a nice spiral, though. That was pretty good. I, remember said, I was like, I, I feel that. I feel that. So, I mean, to me, Trey Lance is Steve Young 2.0. Like, he, that is the, the best comparison I have for Trey Lance, Steve Young. And Steve Young, I mean, it took him a long time to become the, the best version of himself. So, let's see what Trey Lance can do. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what do you I think the narrative changing on him, though. I mean, all of a sudden, Peter Schrager, I mean, all of a sudden, no one in the in the facility feels inhibited to say what they feel. All of a sudden, it's Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, D'Amico. D'Amico just went, did you see? I asked D'Amico. <laughs> Can I say what D'Amico said real quick? Because yeah, yeah. It was – okay, so he goes, Trey has done an outstanding job. Each day, Trey has gotten better and better and better. We're, we're proud of where he is right now. Defending him has been tough. He is putting the ball on the money every time he throws it. The accuracy is there. The deep ball is there. Whatever he wants, he can zip it in there and make a lot of plays. I'm excited for Trey and what he can do. He's setting himself up to have a really good season for us. I mean, if only Kyle Shanahan come out and say it, but it's nice to see <laughs> the defensive coordinator like keep it real like that, right? Yeah. He shredded yeah. this offseason. Yeah, and well, and that's that's I mean, this guy was almost got a head coaching job last year. He's who we voted as the best coach of the 49ers last year, as far as the coordinators, right? Out of the out of the two. And that it's great to hear, but he's also the guy that has to coach against that, right? And so the fact that you know, Shanahan's looking at it, and this is fair. Shanahan's looking at it from okay, well, this is what the expectations of the offense are, and you're not necessarily fulfilling that the way that I want you to. You got some room to grow, which is fine. But then the other guy's going, well, I'm trying to stop this guy. I do know what's coming. We yeah. still can't stop it. Right. Kid's pretty damn good. So. Pretty damn good. And again, you talk about the wobble. Sure. It wobbles when it comes out of his hand. It's a little funky. He completed 75% of his passes in, in camp in front of me. Jimmy never did that. And yeah. Jimmy really can spin it, man. Boy, can yeah. that guy spin it. It's beautiful. <laughs> He never I, I would say the other question is this, because there's a difference between accuracy and completion percentage. Is he putting the ball on the money? Is yeah. he getting it out in front of receivers so they can run with the ball? That's important. Now, you know, the idea is if you throw a wobbler, the more it wobbles, the more it can knuckle, essentially. And so, especially like when you're throwing it further down the field, in theory, the wobble could make, could compromise accuracy. And it has sometimes. But again, he completed 75% of his throws and he nailed two deep throws just yesterday. So yeah. it's not really affecting him right now. If it does, I'll let you know. But I do, I mean, like, I'm, I've, I've seen a lot of Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick and Smith could spin the hell out of the ball. And I, every time I see Lance go for it, I'm like, all right, here we go. And it comes out of his hand a little funky. I'm like, really? But then it's a completion yeah. he, on the money. So, I mean, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Unless it is. And, and I think I think him also getting all the first team reps is going to allow the receivers to get used to it, which is is a big deal. Michael Carroll says, Grant, what 10-year-old did you steal that hat from? <laughs> Hold on. These hats are really cool. They're all over California. I, I forget the, the producer's name, but they make basically like 
they, they try to let people rep their neighborhood and their in their tiny little town. This is a tiny little town up uh, in the Sierra foothills. But just yesterday, you can check it out on my channel. Samson Ebukam had one on from San Juan Capistrano because he's a SoCal dude. So you should probably go get one too. And the best part is that there's a secret compartment right here. You can put stuff Word. right there. It's secret. Don't put tell a debit anybody. card in there. That's right. That's right. All right. Let's let's rank the head coaches in the NFC West. Um, because it's that time of the offseason. Why not? You want to well, start? Yeah, and, and also, you know, this the reason I brought this question up is because PFF had right. Cliff Kingsbury in the top five. They didn't have any, they had to be fair, they had uh Pete Carroll is number five, and they had they had um I just said his name. What the hell? Why am I drawing a blank? He's for he's forgettable. No, Arizona's King Arizona's Barry. coach. Kingsbury. Yeah, Kingsbury. They had Kingsbury number four. And then they had McVeigh out of the top ten, and Shanahan was like eight. I don't know. It was it was kind of crazy. <laughs> I I can, I'm thirty four. <laughs> it's the bill. The bill's very long. I think is what they're saying. I think so. I'm going for like the the real the real. It's like a trucker hat. You know, it's like oh, 2004. It is. Yeah. You gotta really. You gotta bend the trucker hat. You can't go flat bill on the trucker. In my opinion. no, you definitely can't go flat bill on the trucker hat. No, no absolutely can't. not. No. That was my, that's what I wanted to say to Samson yesterday. Was he was going flat bill on this? I'm like Samson. It's a trucker hat. Come on. You, you might have been in elementary school in 2004, but I was in high school. I remember what Von Dutch was all about, right? <laughs> Von Dutch reference. I love it. I That's good. That. That's good. Right, anyway. But yeah, that, you know, so again, PFF has some crazy ways that they grade and do whatever. So I thought it was interesting the, the way that they had things. So for me, I was like, okay, well, I completely disagree with this list. So let's rank the NFC coaches so let's both start with number four to me and i think we're gonna agree here it's it's yeah. Kingsbury, right come on it's Definitely. kingsbury's number four. Oh, i can what was the argument for ranking him top five in the league the way he never wins in the second half of the season and that goes back to college too that goes back to college yeah it does yes and you know why he never wins the second half because his stuff is so simple so simple everyone figures him out by the second half of the year so yeah. no and also he has no idea about running the ball which means he has no idea about winning. Very vanilla. Runs a very vanilla. And, and a lot of that is because of the limitations of Kyler Murray, right? Kyler Murray's short. He can't see over the middle of the field. I mean, that's that's a legit, Kyle a would legit do better thing. Than Kyler. Kyle would do better with Kyler than that oh, joke. Here's, here's the deal. If Kyle had Kyler, he, I mean... You remember Jake Plummer and Denver's offense? It would look exactly like That's that. This team would be mobile. That's what I'm over. saying. Because like what Cliff tries to do is put him in the shotgun and spread things out. It's like, okay, you don't move the pocket. You don't have him rolling out left and right ever. Imagine Kyle. Guy would be constantly on the perimeter making throws. The only time Kyler gets in the perimeter is when he does it himself. Mm -hmm. Kyler's a good player. Cliff is a bad He's coach. Good. He's a very bad coach. And I very, very him. bad, I not so it. good coach. Yeah. yeah. No, he's out. I get it. Number four. I get it. No, no question. All right. Number three. So if I'm going off, I'm I'm doing as of right now. So if I'm going off career, Pete Carroll has to be ahead of Shanahan. I understand that. But right now, Pete Carroll is aging. I feel like he really screwed off the last couple of years with a great quarterback in Russell Wilson. I think right now Pete Carroll is is the third best coach in this division. 
this is really the the argument of the segment because we both agree that that McVay is the best coach in the for league. sure. Yes, we both agree that McVay is the best. That Clint Kingsbury is the worst. This is the argument, and I'm actually going to disagree with you here. Let okay. me do my best to say why. Okay. Um, Kyle should be better than Carroll. Maybe this will be the year that he proves it. But Carroll's beaten him four times in a row. Sure. Carroll's eight and two against Kyle. And it's not that he's just beating him with Russell Wilson. Like, he'll beat him with his special teams. You know, I mean, like, for whatever reason, Carroll's team seems more prepared for the game than Kyle's most of the time. And I, I, we all feel like Kyle has the potential, and it's any day now, and he's going to – probably soon, maybe this is the year. I don't know. I think – I might think that Carroll's tanking this year with Drew Locke. But, I, dude, the guy won a Super Bowl. Kyle's tricked off two. I can't give it to Kyle yet. Soon, <laughs> soon, maybe in a month, but not yet. I can't, I can't. He's got to earn it. You got to earn it. You can't live off promise your whole life, man. And what they, what, what did Kevin Cole of Pro, Pro Football Focus say? He had a little hot take saying he's not a top 10 head coach. Well, he's like, yeah, his, his offense can be good, but it's not consistently good. He's had some bad years with good quarterbacks. He has. Yeah, he and has. He really has. The fact of the matter is as a head coach, he meddles in personnel and gets it wrong a lot. I mean, he's not particularly good on first, fourth down. He's not particularly good with challenges. So I I got to take the guy who won a Super Bowl. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But and I that, that's totally fair. Carroll is no, definitely totally. on the way down, man. He was better five years ago than he was than he is now. Yeah. It, well, it, and age catches up with everybody, right? I mean, you're, the guy's, Older what, in his 70s? Elite. Yeah. Older than Belichick. Yeah, exactly. So, and he, he obviously doesn't act that way he's very vibrant and all those Choose that things, gun. but yeah he's chomping <laughs> yes he really is but you know to me i just i don't know when you have russell wilson man one guy has jimmy garoppolo one guy has russell wilson yeah. and one guy cannot get to the playoffs with man, russell wilson That's, kyle's not an offensive coordinator you're a head coach who meddles in personnel <laughs> you could have gotten rid of jimmy garoppolo years ago you could have stuck to your guns and gotten Kirk cousins you could have actually scouted and had Patrick Mahomes. I'm not giving you the Jimmy Garoppolo excuse. That, that, that's part of your – that's part of who you are as a head coach, making the wrong – That's right. That's right. But I, I look at that as more the GM side of, of Kyle Shanahan, right? Like the GM – Kyle sure. Shanahan, the GM, is screwing Kyle Shanahan, the coach, sometimes. But what I would say is if you're going to invest in Kyle Shanahan, in Kyle Shanahan, the head coach – It's everything. you got to make him Kyle Shanahan, the GM, too. And as you said, Kyle Shanahan, the GM, will – Get in the way of Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> the one you want. So yeah. I don't know, but look, this could. Let be me throw weird. out one more thing. Kyle better beat him twice this year, and if he does, I'll give him the nod. If he does it this year, I'll give him the nod. Let me let me throw out one more thing because I, I think it's a little bit different in football. It's a lot of it different, but there's still some relevance. Um, you know, when you're when you're out in the business world, you have let's say you're a manager of something. You have managers that work under you. Usually you do a lot of your coaching through the managers and then they coach down, right? Mm -hmm. And it's all about how well you coach your managers. Well, in football, it's a little bit, it's different, right? Because you've got to really be there with your players, but the coaches that he has developed, unbelievable. I mean, he's, he, whether he's brought them in at the right time, he's brought in the right guys, made the right decisions there, or he's developed them either way. Fantastic. And the development on that team of even the players, I mean, Seattle drafts really bad, right? Like that is one thing. Seattle does not draft well, but outside of 
those early years in the secondary, they really don't develop that well either. And the 49ers develop players at an extremely high level. And that's got to go in Kyle Shanahan. Kyle should be better than Pete. And he does certain things better. Like, for example, Pete has been on like a never-ending search for a good offensive coordinator, right? Can't ever find one. Kyle constantly has a good defensive coordinator. He always, he's, he, like the defensive coordinator is better than him. That's what I'm saying. He's yeah. that good. I mean, yeah. So look, Kyle should be better than Pete. Maybe will be better than Pete. Maybe he is better than Pete. I just want him to prove it, man. You've lost four in a row to this guy. And they were terrible last year. Like, yeah. how many games did they win last year? Four and two were against the Niners? Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. They might have won more than four games, but yeah, it wasn't good. Right. It wasn't good. They won like half of the, almost half of their games against you. So yeah, beat them twice this year, and I'll give you the nod. Because it should be Kyle. You yeah, for sure. I agree. Scott He's said, saying Kyle Shanahan number one easy. Hey, man. I mean, I, I hear a lot of people say that he could be the best coach in the, in the league. He's got that potential. Yeah. Well, you know what? He blew two Super Bowls. And you want to blame Tart? Whatever. He always has an excuse. Just win one. You're right there. You're always at the finish line, man. Just make it happen. And, and we'll give you your flowers. But not before. He's gotten so many flowers before he's won anything. And that's when I start to be like, that's when I go to banana hands. I'm like, man, it's because of his name. It's because of his name. It's because of his name. Like, I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the league. Like, I'm not saying he's a nepotism hire. He's clearly a good head coach, but we don't have to say he's the best before he actually, like, let him get a winning record. (laughs) There's certain benchmarks he can hit, and he's going to, I think, before we give him his flowers. He's got and that's that's totally fair, right? You you don't want to crown him before, but here's the thing is McVay and him have been head coaches for the same amount of time. McVay's made it to two Super Bowls, Shanahan's made it to one, and McVay's won one. I and in head to head in the most important McVay game, had. none, I don't think. None. none. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, that's you know. I mean McVay's better right now. This year. This year. I mean, we're all like, I, I mean. You know, if Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel, Talano Hufunga, uh, Sam Womack, and Trey Lance are all pretty good, the Niners can win 11, 12 games. Like, yeah, that's kind of the, the position they're in right now. That So, anyway, yeah, Kyle, you got a lot to prove. But, Scotty, if, I if, hear you. If Kyle and McVay were, were athletes, we'd be saying that Kyle is the high upside guy, right? He's got more upside, but he's he hasn't put it together yet on the field, right? And so that's, that's kind of where we're at with it. He's but he's the second best coach. Grant's wrong. He's the second best coach in the division. Fair enough. I'll take it. Look, I want to be wrong. And again, what I'm saying is, I'll give, I'll, 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 uh, I'll not anoint Kyle, but I'll give him the credit once he beats Carroll twice this year. Don't lose to the Seahawks this year. Yeah, no, definitely don't. Don't, don't do that. Yes. Rad LSS says, Great the Lions draft. Fellas, hard. Right, let me look it up. Uh, Hutchinson and Jameis Williams, Jameson Williams, love it. Josh Pascal, Kirby Joseph, love it. That looks like an A draft to me. What do you think? Yeah, I think the Lions did really well. And they tried to really undercut the 49ers for Debo Samuel. Like, they didn't give – the offer for Debo was atrocious. Yeah, it was a slap in the face. Yeah, uh, it really was. All right, let's talk Let's talk minicamp. Like we said, we're going to talk about what the Niners revealed. Two players fans should be excited about after these practices. Um, if you don't mind, I'll go first. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Because because we're going to have two different perspectives, right? right? Like yours is is based off of everything you're seeing and I'm going based off of everything I'm hearing. And so I, I'm interested to see where these things line up. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. It's just, it's just, 
practice, but really I was impressed by Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod. I wasn't expecting to see a complete receiver. I'm not saying he's a starting receiver, but he's not a running back. He's not a gadget guy. Um, he has really good hand-eye coordination. For a 5'9 receiver, like he is, plays bigger. He catches balls over the middle. no fear going over the middle. He catches balls outside of his frame. And he just freaking burned Amory Thomas on a go route yesterday, which, I mean, I haven't seen Brandon Ayuk do, honestly. So, so like, he's explosive. He's a complete wide receiver. He's small, but that's okay. I think he's much better than I expected. And I don't know, he might be a better receiver than a punt returner. We'll see. Because as a punt returner, I mean, he's he's he's, he's fumbled the ball a little bit. As a receiver, yeah. I think he can be explosive. Um, so I'm curious to see what Kyle can do with him. Well, it sounds like he's the antithesis of Pettis because yes. also a, a punt kick returner who is supposed to be fearless. He's he, like what the Niners wanted uh, Richie James. Pettis. To be. Oh, okay. That's fair. What they wanted Richie James to be like, okay. he's really good. <laughs> yeah. Good <laughs> version of Richie James. Yeah. He's Richie James, except for a lot better. Okay. Aggressive, good. good, fast, explosive. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And again, a lot of people put stock in a 40 time like, oh, is he? But he plays a lot, hell of a lot faster I mean, like, than that. Ambry Thomas runs a much faster. Ambry Thomas runs a 4-3. Ray Ray runs a 4-5. Burned him yesterday on straight go route. There you That's go. pretty good. Yeah, pretty play good. speed is a very different thing. It certainly yeah, and is. he has no issue catching a pass from Trey Lance. None. He played with Josh Allen. I didn't catch a bunch of passes in the regular season with him, but he practiced with him. No problem. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. So right. I mean, like everyone's everyone's juiced on Jawan Jennings, and he's good. But Jawan is sort of picking on the Niners' uh, nickelbacks, and they don't have a starting nickelback. Like Ray Ray's picking on everyone, everyone. So that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Jawan Jennings because that's who I was going to say. Oh, but for two for two reasons, right? Because yeah. not just what we've heard about him in in these sessions, which by the way, Traverius Ward said that he creates a lot of separation. Shanahan said the same thing, which is massive. But also, during the offseason, so I, I'm I'm parlaying what I heard in the offseason and, and taking that with what I've heard during these uh, practices as well. Richard Sherman and Fred Warner were talking about Juwan Jennings. And the way that Fred Warner lit up and talked about him, not only saying he's, oh, you know, he's really good and, and some of the cliche things he said he's one of the best football players on this team period mm. not that he's good or he's up and coming no what exactly <laughs> yeah there we go yeah that's if ross Dwelly's not on this list grant you've completely flubbed it i'm just letting you know uh no, yeah juan jennings sorry yeah you know it's that's fine juan jennings i mean you're hearing nothing but good things and it's consistent it was consistent from fred warner up to where we're at right now and what we're hearing the guy is a really, really good football player. Knows how to get get open. Attacks the ball. Red zone threat. You said, what did he have? What Did he catch, like, all the touchdowns from, from Trey Lance? Like, come on. The guy's really good. And especially as a number three. Let's not forget, this is a guy that they've that fans have been actively trying to replace all offseason. Yeah. All offseason. Yeah. Juan Jennings is here to stay. And, like, I think we both – because if, if I didn't say Ray Ray, I was going to say Jawan. Those are the two. Yeah. And, like, I think they're a really nice combination, like a platoon for a number three receiver because Jawan's not explosive. But 
most of his catches are going to be first downs or touchdowns. In the red zone, that's your guy. On third down, that's your guy. So that's valuable. And then when you want a little bit more, when you want some speed, some juice, some explosion on first, second down, on your side of the field, in the middle of the field, that's Ray Ray's for. And you're paying like nothing for those two. So I think they're actually probably both going to ex- be more valuable than what the Niners are paying. They're going to be very good purchase, good good buys. Yeah. Good investments. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 Do you, do you have another one or because I have another one that I can throw go out. ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say Jawan. Okay. That's totally fair. Uh, Samuel Womack, right? I mean, we're talking about a, a late round draft pick, but athletically has a profile that I think a lot of us really came to the conclusion that this was going to be the, the future nickel corner, but he didn't really play a lot of nickel in college. That being said, it sounds like he's starting to mix in at nickel. And of the three options right now, he sounds like the best option, especially in man, right? I was just talking to Jack and he said, you know, he does struggle a little bit in zone. It's different when you're playing nickel corner versus outside, but this team wants to play cover one man. I think a big chunk of the season and Woolmack fits that and can do that from that nickel spot. And so I think if you can get a guy late who's as physical as, as he is, has as long arms as he doing as, athletic as he is i think that's good and it sounds like he's been showing some flashes he has been showing some flashes what i'll say is that they haven't put him with the starters yet i haven't seen him go against the niners starting wide receivers yet um i'd like to see a little bit more but i do think that it's fair to say he's the best nickel on the team is he a good starting nickel right now i don't know will he be a good starting nickel one day probably probably although i don't know all right all right two players Fans should be worried about after these practices. I'll let you go. First you? This one. Oh, okay. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. All right. The first name I'll give you is Ty Davis Price. I mean, this is a guy that was drafted way earlier than what most of us thought that he should be. It's funny because I re- I remember, and you said this in jest. I think a lot of people thought you said it in jest, but I think you were dead ass serious. When you said right after the draft, you're like, I don't know how good Ty Davis Price is going to be, but I guarantee, and I don't know who it is yet. I don't even know his name, but they're going to have an undrafted guy that's going to be really, really good and better than Ty Davis Price. Uh-huh. You didn't even know who that guy was yet. Well, while Ty Davis Price is not practicing, by the way, in the first chances he has to do so, guess who is? Jordan Mason. Mason yeah. Who is undrafted and is impressing like crazy. Heck, he actually could have made it in that last segment where we picked the two guys that are impressing. Mason could have been one of those guys that we named. So the fact that not only is Ty Davis Price not practicing, but the undrafted guy is, and we already had reservations about you. Yeah, I would say we should be a little bit concerned. Yeah, when the first thing the rookie does is, is pull his hamstring or get, I don't know what he did, but tweak tweak a soft tissue. It's like, oh, you're not quite ready. You're not quite ready. You're not quite about this life yet. Like this is this is the real <laughs> thing. And Danny Gray too, man. It's like you, you didn't quite understand what was in store for you because now you're behind. Now you're letting vets who do know what who do who are about this life get a, get a leg up on you. So yeah, that's a good one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna name someone you're not expecting. Oh, I like this. Okay, <clears throat> George Kittle. George Kittle. I'm sitting Where's up in my at? chair for this one. Where's he at? Where is George? He doesn't do. He doesn't do drills. He doesn't do anything, and that's fine. They're treating him like he's 35 years old, man. He's 28. His body is that? probably. And, like, he's been hurt a lot the last few years. I mean, he's been playing through injuries for, like, two years. 
And so now they're treating them with kid gloves. Hey, you know, let's just hey, just get in the training camp. Okay, great. I mean, like, I'm not saying that won't work, but I'm just kind of count. Like, we all, you know, make a big deal when Javon Kinlaw doesn't practice, right? Oh, there he is not practicing. What about George, man? How old are you? 28? You don't do you don't practice at all. Like Bosa's out there. Bosa he didn't practice, but he went through drills. He suited up. Like what? Where is George? George is very important to this team. I said that the Niners should trade him this offseason. Everyone was like, no, well, he's in his prime. Niners extended him. George, where you at? Are you too old? Are you too important to practice? I mean, Bosa's out there. What's up with that? I mean, Trent Williams isn't, but Trent Williams is 35 and better than you. So I'm just saying, where's George? I can't I'm help to think. George. <laughs> I, I, you're probably not going to get the reference. You're, I don't know if you're an MMA guy, but I remember back in the day, somebody in the chat, I know you got to remember this, when Nick Diaz was fighting George St. Pierre, and he's like, where are you at, George? That's, what, that's all I could think of when you where said, you at, where are you at, George? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know. I didn't see him at all yeah. in minicamp. Where are you at? You're very important to this team. I said they should have traded you. They disagreed. You need to step up, play 17 games, and get 1,200 yards. Where are you at? That's Be better than Travis Kelsey this year. It's oh, time. Produce in the I red zone. That. Score some touchdowns. I try because again, like, yeah, you want to preserve him and like get him to camp, but like, how fragile is he? And he needs to be playing with Trey Lance. Debo has tight end you. He's saving himself for tight end you. Uh huh. Exactly. I, I'm a little. <laughs> I'm look. I'm not drawing any conclusions, but I'd like to know. Like, when is he coming back? I'd like to know. He's not hurt, is he? I don't think he's hurt. I, I, I don't think not. he's hurt. I hope he's not hurt. <laughs> so yeah. you know, it, it is interesting, right? Because if you just look at these OTAs and mini camps versus last year, remember last year everybody showed up, everybody was practicing, everybody was on a mission, and this year it's like nobody is showing up. No, nobody cares. Super weird. Nobody's practicing. It's Super it's weird. A, yeah. Be a it, it doesn't. It do, well, listen. It doesn't You're mean captain? anything. Do the drills. You don't have to do 11 on 11s. Go block a, a sh show the other people how it's done in the drills, right? I mean, Bosa did that. I don't get that. Where's Where's George? Yeah, all right, that's fair. I did. You're right. I did not expect that. Did not expect on, that man. whatsoever. Yeah, sorry, but I I'm not letting this go. I still say trade George Kittle is too late, <laughs> but I'd like him to prove me wrong, and I haven't been proven wrong yet, George. We got Tanner Hudson making plays all left and right. <laughs> Tanner Hudson season. David Baker says, if you bought the Niners, what changes would you institute? I would get rid of Parag day one. They have outgrown him. <laughs> yeah. I would Parag. Parag. I would let football people handle this. They're, he is way too powerful for a guy who's not essentially a football person. He's in charge of football analytics. Get the hell out of here. He's a, he's a cap guy, and there's a million cap guys in the world. I'm sure there's – I mean, there's cap guys on Twitter. Jason Hurley is as qualified to run the 49ers as Parag Marate. No, he has to go, and I think that would be that would be good. I mean, do, do, so, so, the, so John and Kyle don't have to be like, hey, can we get J.C. Jackson? No? All right, we'll get the next best corner. All right, thanks a lot. Appreciate it, Parag. Yeah, Traverius Ward, come on up. All right. I guess we – like you. I mean, really. <laughs> No, he's out of yeah. – can't get him? Stephon Gilmore? No? All right. Just, just wondering. Pretty please? Parag? Yeah, no. no. No, no, no. We don't have the money. We can't. 
Matthew Sanders says, Grant, is that is that a pocket patch hat from Bart Bridge in the bay? Yes! I scooped them when I was in Santa Rosa last year. They're fire. We can get a close-up. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, whoever makes these, I'm trying to give you free promotion, but he probably saw me in TMZ and was like, no. <laughs> Which is now your profile page. Hilarious, by the way. Absolutely hilarious. I, it was too soon last week, but now I think it's okay. <laughs> Not too soon anymore, is it? Because, you know, like, oh. a lot of people, you know, don't know this about me, but, like, I really don't give a fuck. I just want to make that clear. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I know that about you. That's I why don't. That's why it was funny when when everything was coming out of Grant this and Grant that and Grant's going to I'm like, okay. <laughs> you guys think you, you think you know, but you really have no clue. You have zero clue. It's funny. Yeah, just wait for it. All right, last topic. One question that was answered during these practices uh i got two but i'll let you go first because one one of them might be what you're gonna say okay that's totally fair that's totally fair Uh i have two but they're they're really one but well they're one position group two players one is trent williams wow i mean we know how well he deals with the media but Mm -hmm. i I think last year you and I had these conversations and we just weren't quite sure how he was as a leader, right? Maybe mm-hmm. he was really, True. really good as a player, but not quite much. True. As a that dude's hey, a leader. That. that dude is a forget leader. Yes. Leader. Yes. Yep. That's so a good that, point. I definitely questioned yes. that last year. I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. No, I love <laughs> covering Trent Williams. He has yeah. he's he's perfect. He's he, like he's a better player than Joe Staley, and he's just as charming as I mean, honestly. God, and I like Joe, but Trent's, yeah, Trent's on another level. He really is. He's great. He's got more to say than Joe. He has more to say than Joe. He's probably has more insight than Joe's. Joe, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Trent's that good. I mean, imagine you've you've got a guy with all the physical abilities, and he might be better mentally than he is physically, which is crazy to say because he's so smart. smart And then he likes the game, and he's just like, he's really good with people. Yep. He's charming. He has a smile. He's patient never gets upset i mean he just gets it he just so get but i mean no one's ever criticized him right like everyone's just like you're perfect forever <laughs> so he's just kind of up there like oh hey what's up what's up hey trey williams i'm here i mean it's not that tough because literally everyone ever no I, i'm not even crazy enough to all i've ever said is maybe maybe you should throw that money to like four or five other players instead of him or but no he's the best he's the best Anyway, he's incredible, in- he's incredible great. leader. And and he didn't mean it. And you talked about it earlier. But I do want to reiterate that because, again, he certainly didn't mean it this way. But he low key did call out Debo Samuel and how he handled the contract situation. Right. He and he, but n- now he's handling it right is what he said. Now he's taking the situation by the horns and he's doing the mature thing and showing up. Yeah. Low key. Saying, hey, hey, youngster, like you're not handling this right. No, nope. you didn't handle it the right way. You are now. Kudos to you. I, I know you didn't ask for my opinion, but if you had, that's what I would be telling you. So I, I, I just his leadership's incredible. The way he talks about everybody else. I mean, Trent Williams is amazing. The and other one he's is leader of the team, right? I mean, there's Kittle, but he's kind of rah rah, and there's Bosa, but he's not verbal. Um, there's Trey, Fred, but he's the youngest Fred's always player there. in the team. Fred for sure, but Fred, uh, he sort of had a down year last year. And Trent, if Trent wants to be the leader, he can be the leader. He's the best player in the league. 
You know, I mean, if he wants it, he can do it. And it seems like he wants the role and he's embracing it. So great. Wonderful. He even said yesterday, like someone asked about Trey Lance's leadership. He's like, you know what? If he can do it, that's great. But he doesn't need to fake it. We have lots. Of, that's what I'm here for. That's what he, did, and he mentioned himself. Yeah, he we did. can do that. You know, if he, he definitely has the qualities to lead, but that's what I'm here for. It's like, wow. I think Jimmy Ward's a hell of a leader too. I, I really do. Underrated, I, you know, he, yeah, extremely underrated. Underrated. Extremely underrated. It's, I, it's the other. Like the team doesn't promote him very much. Like Kyle gives him not enough props, but like the PR department, not the, the marketing department, doesn't promote him, and so he seems like he doesn't matter. But he's definitely a leader. Yeah, yeah. Very important to this team. Very important. Very good, and and a good leader as well. All right. The so other one is is. Ahead. Jake Brendel, and it goes, it all goes along with the offensive line. Here, here's what I'm gonna say is the 49ers are comfortable with Jake Brendel. That's what we learned. Now, should they be? I I don't know about that. That's true. I don't know about that. To the but point where learned, there's not even really a competition. Like they didn't draft exactly. the center, they're not rotating yes. people in. They're like, nope. We have Jake Brendel. Brendel. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So very comfortable, Jake. Very comfortable overall with actually the whole offensive line. So right, wrong, or indifferent, that is one thing we certainly learned about the 49ers. And they are A-OK with the way that the offensive line is built right now. So. OK, um, I have two. One is the Niners at this point do not have a starting nickelback on their team. They are having a competition. They're rotating people in. I think Sam Womack, kind of like Hafunga, could become a good starting nickel in year two. But he's a fifth-round pick, and I, I I, I, don't know. I need to see more. Maybe it's him. If it's not him, it's no one on the team. It's They're going to go with, like, Dante Johnson or Jarquez Denard. No. Like, K-1 was better. So, to me, they got they got a hole at nickel. And, you know, they, they, could, they, could, play, they could fill it during the season they could trade for a guy there's always things they could do and assuming they get rid of jimmy garoppolo they'll have the flexibility to do it but they need to do something because i don't think this competition is gonna someone's just gonna rise to the top unless it's the fifth round rookie which is asking a lot of fifth round freaking rookie it's a lot so that's one and then two is lance is freaking ready he's ready now i don't know what ready means I thought he was ready last year because I thought he gave the Niners the best chance to win. But I think what the Niners were thinking was, we don't want to hold Lance to Jimmy's standard. We're more invested in Lance. And we want him to put his best foot forward at first. So we're going to sit, and plus he had a broken finger. We're going to sit him on the bench for a year. And when he comes in his next year, he's going to be way better than Jimmy. But he'll also be way better than he would have been as a rookie. And I think it's sort of like how he does it, not just the end result. As Trent Williams said, the release is quicker. Uh, the footwork is – the mechanics are better. The ball comes out faster. The command the command, the confidence is, is palpable. Like, he just looks ready. He looks like a guy who knows the offense has been in it for a year. So – and he did all of this without Debo and Kittle this offseason. So I think that's a big question. Was he going to come in and look like a guy who didn't play last year? Or is he going to come in and look like uh, – come in and look like a guy who's been in the offense for a year? It's the latter – so that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, I yeah, it is. It's very good. But you know, the other thing too that we saw from Lance is a lot of what you saw in college. He didn't put the ball in harm's way in college, and yep. he's not doing it at this level right now no. either. So I mean, everything about Trey Lance is there's so much positive there. Absolutely. Um, 
But that's four practices. Training sure. camp starts July 29th. There will be a cool 20, 16 to 20 practices. It's going to be very interesting. I really don't see the nine. Like, I think what the Niners what they were saying was they needed to see a little bit more from Trey before they took the leap of faith. I think they saw, I think he showed all he could show. And if, I think they also felt like Jimmy doesn't want need to be at minicamp because it would only, it wouldn't help, right? It, it, Trey's trying to take over the team. Well, he's in the process. Why bring Jimmy back? It would not help. I don't think iron sharpens iron in that sense. I think what you want is to let Trey take over the team and have nothing be in his way. So I, I would, I'm kind of curious to see how the Niners get out of this one because they said they won't cut him. There's no trade market for him. They're going to have to cut him, and they'll have to say like, oh, we were kidding. But fine, whatever. Say what, whatever you got to say, say it. Just cut him and don't let him ever step on the field again because it's not going to help Trey. What's helping Trey is him taking all the freaking reps, all of them. Yeah, absolutely. There shouldn't be a single rep taken away from Trey. And and maybe you're right. Maybe maybe they wanted to eliminate the problem of Jimmy G and just see if Trey really was ready. And I think that they got the answer to that question is a resounding yes. I agree with you. I think it's highly, highly unlikely he gets traded. Still, I, I'm for some reason I cannot get Cleveland ruled out. They have $42 million in cap space grant. $42 million. They could eat the whole thing. Mayfield is is not coming back. No matter what, they've that relationship is ruined. Deshaun Watson is probably going to be gone all season. Are they really going to go the Jacoby Brissett route? Is that the answer? Or do they look at it and say, okay, well, here's a guy who runs the same offense. We've got one of the best rosters in the NFL. With one of the best rosters in the NFL, he was able to take them. You know, they were able to go far with him. Why not take a chance on Jimmy G? I think it's still a possibility. It's slim. But I think that there's still a possibility with Cleveland. I think Carolina, no shot. You're telling me that Cleveland is currently paying Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, and Jacoby Brissett. Yep. And they're going to take on $27 million with Jimmy. Hey, God love him. God love him. Listen, I, I, I kind of agree with you there. But at the same time, when two of those three are not playing for you this year, Hey, what else? Yeah. What else do you do? What are you and Deshaun do? Watson, Deshaun Watson only counts as like a million dollars. Deshaun Watson's only counting like a million dollars against the cap this year. Right? That's true. So, so I guess when the if and if a suspension comes down and whenever it's official, something could happen. Forty two million in cap for? space. Forty two. I'm wondering what they're waiting for. Is that what they're waiting for? It's more yes. Deshaun Watson clarity. I guess, I guess. I think it's pretty clear he's not going to play this season to me. So. 66 we'll massage therapists in 17 months? 66? Is that right? I don't. Wow. It's, that's, it's wild. Wow. It is wild. Wild. And that's our show. Thank you very much for watching, everyone. Grant Cohn, Jesse Naylor. Uh, what are you doing tonight? Are you done? I'm I'm done. My schedule's been a little erratic. Our schedule's been erratic because of the Warriors being in the finals. Congratulations to them. We'll see what ends up happening. But at the worst case scenario, we got one more week of that, and then we can get back to normal. But either way, tap in Last Second Sports. Check it out. Come over, subscribe. Definitely will be putting up content over there. You know my favorite thing about basketball finals is the t the two fan bases taking turns complaining about the refs. I love that. Every time. That's the best. Yep. Yep. For seven games. <laughs> God. What an overrated sport. I'm sorry.
It's okay. It's not a bad sport, but it's always it always comes down to people arguing about the refs. It's like, was it a charge? Was it it's like who cares? I don't care. <laughs> they hit each other in football. <laughs> totally fair. Totally fair. Uh I'm gonna be uh on with Larry Kruger and Jack Hammer on Kruger's channel in half an hour if you want more Niner talk. So I'll be there. Thanks for watching, everyone. Be back tomorrow with my pops. 11 a.m. Cone Zone. That show. The version. And then maybe a little bonus with uh, Jesse Brooks and Biamichi in the afternoon. We'll see. There you go. Michelle. There you go. Adios.